you're listening to a life-changing podcast that does a deep dive into what's behind the silence, the truth no one wants to talk about, featuring two thought-provoking professional coaches who specialize in linguistic patterns of thought, feelings, and behavior. As NLP practitioners, certified and life-changing, the dynamic duel, Stacey Cutright and Stephanie Demmel. Welcome back, friends, to What's Behind the Silence, the Truth No One Wants to Talk About. I tell you, it's been a minute, Stacy, that we've recorded, and I feel bad for our audience. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Yes, it's been a little bit crazy, and you know, I'm not going to make excuses uh, at all. Um, however, I'm glad that we're back in the saddle and you know, getting back on track. And you know, sometimes life can take a little direction, and um, you know, summer happened. Summer happened. David We've never is, done this through summer, so our organizational skills, I guess, weren't so great during the summer. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, but we're back, friends, and and uh, you know, bringing new topics. And and uh, as always, if you have a topic that you'd like us to to you know dive into or get the answers to or etc., we'd love for you to to reach out. Absolutely. So what's today's topic? You know, we're going to talk about social media and the influence that it can have on kids and relationships. And, you know, I want to talk about why it's so important for a parent to be in tune with what their kid is doing on social media, uh, because there's, there needs to be some balance. Yes. So that's what I want to talk about today. Well, let's kick it off. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'll just say that, you know, there's so, so much influence that comes from social media. And, you know, it's interesting to me. I'll talk to parents with teenagers and they're just like, I don't know. They're just off the wall saying this stuff. And I don't even know where they're getting this stuff from. And, you know, we don't believe that. But here my kid is saying that they believe in this. And I'm like, I don't know where that came from. Well, you know. If you send your kid to the room with a cell phone and, and I hear parents say, my kid's up all night, all night till five in the morning. And if you, you know, don't, if they have a cell phone and they're on that cell phone all night long, that is hours and hours and hours of influence that they're getting. And if they see someone that has a large following or lots of likes on their posts, that kid can get the wrong idea and instantly think that, oh, well, everybody's liking it and they've got lots of followers. So it must be true. So I'm going to start believing in this stuff that I'm seeing online. Whereas if a parent's not, you know, recognizing that and they're not spending time counterbalancing those views or talking about, or being aware of what social platforms they're on, then of course that kid's going to change direction. Of course that kid's going to develop different beliefs and values and they're, going to allow those influences in without the parent even knowing. So I think it's so important that a parent really limits, number one, limits the amount of social media, because if you give them an hour and a half on social media, then you're probably going to have to spend an hour and a half to two to three hours countering that balance to make sure that your values and beliefs that you work so hard to instill in them stay strong. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, man. I think you're right on. This is a bigger issue than what we think. And it's not even just for kiddos. It's even adults. 
And, you know, where you, what, what individuals don't realize is, you know, we've, we've often talked about addiction and, you know, to me, addiction is just wanting to escape. So it doesn't matter what your drug of choice is. And unfortunately we're teaching these children that addiction is okay. And because they're addicted to these darn screens and, and they're using them to escape. And, you know, I work with Livingston County court systems system for children of abuse and neglect and that have been removed from their parental homes. And, you know, one of my Casa kiddos, you know, this is a big issue for them and they're on social media constantly, whether it's roadblocks and I don't know all these things. It's okay. Roadblocks, TikTok, you know, you name it, she's on it all the time. And so we finally had a conversation because no longer is she allowed to bring that with us for our visits. And I had asked her, you know, what is it? What is it about, you know, your phone? And she said, because I don't want to think about bad memories. Mm. And she said, so when, when I'm, you know, on my phone, I don't have to think. In tune, I found it very interesting that we, when we were talking, she had made the comment that I can't read, you know, I will walk. Now, mind you, she's under 10 years old. I will walk into my bedroom and I, I tell you, I can't remember anything anymore, Stacy. I walk into my bedroom and I can't remember why I went in there. Mm. I'll walk into the kitchen. I can't remember why I went in there. Well, you know what? Because you're not using your brain, you're turning it off. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we're looking at what all it's, it's not even just emotionally what it's doing to, to our kiddos and even adults. Okay. Of, of energizing them or, you know, changing values or, or beliefs or encouraging different behaviors or the bullying and, you know, bringing down someone's mental health or if they have insecurities or, you know what, to be honest, the predators, that the minute someone puts, you know, I'm sad, I'm this, man, they're on that like flies on poo-poo. Yeah. And people don't even know what's happening. And it's a very scary, very scary thing. And I know that you've seen the effects with the kiddos that you've been working with of how social media is um, impacting. You know, my, my Casa Kiddo's GAL was telling me she has two young uh, children and she said, you know, I have to limit their time on, on the phone because otherwise their moods, they get cranky, they get this, they, it totally changes their whole mental mindset and their emotional mindset. Wow. We just had this conversation. So I'm glad that you brought this up as a topic that you know, you wanted to bring up because I don't think, you know, I think, and this is no disrespect to parents, but we're using it as a babysitter. Mm-hmm. We're using it as a get out of my hair, you know, because whether you're on 
the 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 screen or you know enthralled in your own stuff or just don't want to deal with kids or whatever and it's a way for them to babysit themselves or take care of themselves you know as parents when we chose to sign up to be that parent from my perspective it's our responsibility to teach our children the balance mm -hmm. and unfortunately as adults, a lot of us don't have balance. So how do you teach that? Well, I think, um, I think what's really important is understanding your child and what's going to be good for your child. Let's say you have a child that's really anxious, you know, has social anxiety or just anxiety about hard things. Whatever that anxiety is, I, I think what's um, important to understand is that if they're battling that already and then you put them on a cell phone for hours, even an hour or two hours, I don't know about you, but social media can make me anxious or make me just disgruntled because it's just like there's so much negativity. That That's the biggest thing I hear from people. I just have to turn it off because there's so much negativity. It is. And so if you put a kid in that scenario, whether they're sad, depressed, lonely, or if they have high anxiety, well, what are they getting from that? Are they getting calmness, peace? Are they getting that? Because that's something to check for. Like, what are you getting? What is your mood? I'm glad you brought that mood up because what is your mood when you get off social media? Is it help your anxiety or is it hurt your anxiety? You know, I have a friend that just was came to me and was all strung out, anxious, like just really couldn't get control of like, didn't even know why she was having all these anxious thoughts. And I asked her some simple questions. How much are you on your phone when this is happening? How much are you sitting at the couch watching Netflix when this is happening? It was 100% of the time. So my friend didn't realize that what she was feeding her brain at that time was causing all that anxiety. And this is an adult. So these kids that don't know how to solve their problems, these kids that don't know how to solve their anxiety, these kids that sit around all the time that's empty space that's that's allowing for empty space and that's allowing for negative thoughts to creep in i can tell you what i told chris the other day we're sitting around watching naked and afraid and she's napping she loves to nap and so i'm sitting in the chair and i'm like anxious as all get out and i told her once she woke up and we went outside and we started doing chores i'm like i just can't sit there for more than an hour and a half because i start to get anxious because i feel like my thoughts are running wild because i'm just sitting there allowing all this empty space and allowing negative thoughts or anxious thoughts or depressed thoughts or whatever so like i can't i i can't just have that much empty space anymore i can allow myself to relax for an hour hour and a half but after that i got to go However, we're allowing kids to stay up all night long in their rooms. Well, what are they doing in their room? What are they doing for seven hours at night till five in the morning? What are they doing? And I think if you're not in tune with that as a parent, that's when problems can creep up. I think it's just being really in tune. What are they on? What are they watching? What are, who are they following? What type of videos are popping up? Because we all know algorithm. If a kid starts punching on something, it's going to show them that stuff over and over and over. So if they hate, if they follow somebody that's hateful, 
that is talking about bullying, that's talking about like showing all these inappropriate behaviors, if they're constantly watching stuff like that, you know, over time, that's going to tell that kid that that behavior's okay, especially if you don't counterbalance it. So I don't know. I have so many thoughts about it. And, you know, I was talking about this, you know, the other day on, I, I did a, a podcast. I was a guest on a podcast and it was gardening and mental health. And it was interesting through that conversation, how much we talked about that influence. And if you're not aware of influence, especially from social media, and if you're not doing things to counterbalance that, it's going to, it's going to take a toll. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, I'm getting very nervous. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, the first thing you do when you can't sleep, most people are picking up the phone, mm -hmm. scrolling, whether it's TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Well, there's going to be things that are going to be triggering or things that, you know, whether it be a meme, whether it be something that's a video, whatever, that's just going to get you more anxious. You know, you know, this, this kiddo, you know, she goes to bed with the phone. Mm. Well, no wonder she's having tantrums in the morning, getting ready to go up and get for school. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, no wonder. And so, you know, also the, the mood oh, has, totally shifted and i gotta be honest i'm nervous this kiddo is now showing signs of of si suicidal ideation mm, under nice. 10 years old and so you know guys this can be a really big plan big issue because we never had an si you know the problems that were there were the problems that were there when i started with this case the one thing that I see is this kiddo is on her phone way more. She was given the phone after I started with her. And we're getting worse. We're not getting better. That's too bad. You know, so I, I hope that parents do, you know, or even, you know, as an adult, that we start looking and trying to pay attention to this. And, you know, where is our mood when we do get off the phone or do get off the computer? What are we feeding our brain? You know, if we are on, if we are on social media, what are we looking at? Are we looking for that, those positive posts for those ones that are encouraging, et cetera, et cetera? Or are we feeding it with the negative BS? Because yeah. that's going to totally, totally change. That's you know what? Yeah. And, and, you know, when I'm working with kids, it's, a lot of it is because, again, I see like the kids behavior, not behavior, I guess their thoughts and their their beliefs suddenly become different than the parent. And that's when all those problems start happening. Yep. So I, I work with the kid to, to ask. I tell them, you know, we talk about the influence. We talk about what it can do to them, how it can influence the way they think, how they feel. But more importantly, I work with them to start asking them some questions, you know, because we're all raised, you know, parents work really hard to raise their kids with values and beliefs that that will help them be successful individuals. I really believe a lot of parents, most parents do that. 
They work really hard at that. And the last thing they want is that kid to develop different values and beliefs. And so, I, you know, I talk to kids about that and I, I, I help them understand why parents get so frustrated with the kid, especially when they start talking about stuff that doesn't match what the parent has been teaching them. And so I get the kid to ask four questions to themselves. You know, when you're online and you're watching this stuff, the first question you should ask yourself is, is it true? That's the number one question. Is it true? Can you validate that what you're seeing, whoever's opinion you're seeing or whoever's video, is it true? Is what the information they're showing you, is that true? That's the number one question. The next question I we ask is, is it right or wrong? Is the information you're seeing, does it, is on that moral compass, is it right or wrong? The third question that I always get them to ask is, is it, is it going to hurt you or is it going to hurt somebody else? That information you're seeing, is it going to hurt you or somebody else? And then the fourth question that uh, we always talk about is, is it helpful or is it not? Is it just for pure entertainment or are they trying to influence you? Is it going to be helpful to you down the stretch? Is it going to cause ripples in your relationships? Is it going to stir up something, a big hornet's nest? Like, what is, is that influence doing for you? And I think, you know, if you can get your kid to start asking those questions, they'll be able to keep their beliefs in mind. And a lot of times parents, you know, kids don't even know when they come to me, they don't even know what their values and beliefs are. You might be working hard to instill what those values and beliefs are. However, when you ask them what the, what they stand upon, like what their principles are, like what's important to them, they really go blank. They're not really sure. And that's another area that I like to coach kids in is that what are your values and beliefs? Because we're going to align our lives with our values and beliefs so we get the outcomes we're looking for. And I just think there's so much influence out there with social media. And I'm telling you, Stacey, I hate social media. It's so funny because I put my face out there all the time and I'm trying to help people, but I hate social media. I can't stand to be on it. I follow very few friends. You know, I go through theirs just so I can keep up with their lives, but I hate it. I hate being on it. I really do. And I've always been that way. So for me, putting all that energy out to social media is exhausting for me because I'm thinking, I'm thinking this, I'm like, if I'm spent, cause people always say, I don't have any time. I don't have any time. I'm like, how much time you spend on your phone? Oh, I don't know, about a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours at night. I'm like, you got plenty of time, plenty of time. So, but, you know, I sit and think about, here's what makes people anxious. I don't like to stay on my phone because there's so many other things that I could be doing, that I want to be doing, that I need to be doing. And if I spend all my time on my phone, then in the back end of that, I made a decision to stay on my phone and I didn't get stuff done that I really wanted to get done that would make me feel better about myself and my outcome isn't the way I want it to be. So I think being conscious, like if your kid's on the phone all the time, you are missing opportunities to teach them life skills like cooking, helping with the laundry, forming a team within your, your household. Like everybody's got a, a something they can bring to the table. Maybe somebody's better at laundry than cooking but helping them understand that there's so much other so many other things we can be doing with our time than spending it on social media and it will make the household work more helping the kid understand look both parents are working you know eight hours ten hours a day 
here's how you can really contribute to the family. Here's the dynamic we're going to build. We're going to build this team dynamic. And you can teach your kid life skills rather than letting him sit on the phone. So many parents I talk to, too, they let their kid, oh, my kid's so busy. Like, I just feel like I should do the laundry or cook. That is great. I love that you want to support your kid that way. However, if you're looking down the road, are you helping them prepare to be successful down the road? I think that is really, really important. What do you think? You know, there's one regret, uh, one, well, I guess I have a couple of regrets, but as a, as a mom. No regrets. Um, you know, I wish that I had had more expectations out of my children where, you know, when you were just talking about like doing the cooking and doing the, um, that's one thing that, you know, I, I tell others, um, you know, I have a, a really good girlfriend and her and I have the same kind of issue and she's done the same thing with her kids is, you know, because so much was like expected or whatever out of us, we knew how we felt as children. So we didn't want our kids to feel that way. Well, really that, you know, we went from one extreme to the other and neither one is good. And it's one of those things about talking about balance. You know, it's not an all or nothing. This is bad and this is good or whatever. It's, it's finding that balance between that is going to create the healthy um, behaviors and thoughts in our kiddos. And first, as, as, a, as adults, we need to learn to figure this out quickly so we can model this mm -hmm. and encourage this to our kiddos. And, you know, I fe feel personally that, unfortunately, I feel adults are getting farther and farther away versus closer and closer to understanding that, that concept. And that makes me a little bit nervous. You know, one of the things that kids say, the parent doesn't pay attention to me. When I'm yeah. talking to them, they're so distracted. They're so distracted. They're always on their phone. They're always on their phone. That, that's, that's a behavior that your kid is learning from you, that it's okay to be on your phone when you're talking to somebody. You know, I set out a big challenge for my students that I teach at night, all the adults for life coaching certification. And I told them, put your phone, put your phone right by your computer. I got this lesson from Sister Patrick in fourth grade. All of our backs were to the door and we were facing forward. And if somebody came to the door, we weren't, we, we were not allowed to turn around and look. And if you turned around and looked, man, she took that big ruler and whacked it on the desk and just so loud and just startled you. So you turned around and looked back to the front of the room rather than looking at the door. I didn't remember that lesson for the longest time until just, just a, you know, about a month ago. And I tell you, I put that to work. And so I challenged all my students, put your phone right next to you. Cause it's like somebody's coming in the door, right? I have so many notifications. Chris is always like, your notifications go off all the time. I'm like, I know I hate it, but I have to have them on because of my business. And so but it's like every time a notification comes, it's like I was back at FedEx. Somebody's walking in my doorway. Somebody's in my doorway. Somebody's in my doorway. 
So the challenge was put your phone down, keep your notifications on, but when you're working or when you're with somebody and that notification comes on, don't look at your phone. Don't be Pavlov's dog and react to that phone. If we could all do that, our distractions would improve so much because we wouldn't respond to that phone. We are so triggered. When it dings, we look. Well, you know what we're not using is our auditory skills because I know all of my ringers. I know all of my notification bells. I know which ones are important, which ones aren't. So why am I looking at the ones that aren't important? The ones like Yahoo. I don't care. I don't have anything important in Yahoo. But why was I looking when I would get that notification sound? I know it's not important. So why do I do it? So I think for, you know, to help with parents and relationships and things, same, teach your kids the same thing. Challenge yourself not to react to that phone because reacting that phone causes distraction. And one of the biggest causes of frustration in relationships is we don't listen very well because we're distracted. So I challenge everybody to do that. I think it's a really great challenge to do. I've become so much better at not responding to my phone and only listening for the important notification. What about you? What do you think of that? You know, I think that's an awesome idea. It would also teach, you know, when you're in conversations with others, it would teach you that pause button mm. to not always be reactive. You know, if you're having to sit and because it's going to take some it's going to take some coping skills and some strategies to start using that when that comes off, you know, that ding or whatever, not, you know, it's that curiosity's got the cat or the what do they call it? FOMO, fear of missing out. Ah, yeah. Okay. And, you know, it's just been ingrained in us. You know, it's just like if the phone rings you know, oh my God, you know, who is it? What is it? You know, well, you know, you know, they can leave a message. You know, they can leave a message if it's, if it, I don't care if it's the doctor's office, whatever it may be, you know, if I'm in the middle of a conversation, you know, I, I don't know who it was that gave me or showed me on my Apple phone, the, it might've been you. It might've been when we were having problems with my computer dinging. Mm -hmm. Uh, of the focus button mm -hmm. and the do not disturb. I love that. Me too. So anytime in, a, in, in an appointment or anytime I'm whatever, because, you know, I use my calendar. So when I'm booking with my clients, you know, that's why I do have my phone in here. Um, is that I, I, you know, I'm still getting all the notifications. It will still be there. I just don't, you know what, I don't have to listen or my client doesn't have to hear a ding, 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 and them lose their train of thought because their my ding might sound just like their ding. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that's another thing, you know, if you have to have your phone by you and it creates you, your anxiety, you know, try the if you have an Apple phone, I don't know if it works on an Android, but that focus and put do not disturb. And when you're making dinner or when you're having some family time, you know what? Maybe just hit that button. So you're not encouraged to pick up the phone. And so when your kiddos comes up and the phone rings and you're like, 
just a second it, it, just a second what you're telling them is you're not as important exactly as that phone call exactly what you have to say to me is not as important and i will tell you you know in the real estate field you know as a a mom of two kiddos i did that you know that's another regret and i know you say don't live with regrets if i could go back and change it mm -hmm. that was not my intent at all my kids were more important than any of that phone call yeah however also you know hey you have to put food on the table have to you know so i would justify and you know i have said to to both my kiddos i am sorry because that was not my intent and i didn't realize what i was really saying to you mm -hmm. because you are the most important yeah and so our, you know, we don't have to say what our actions will. And our intent does not always get delivered of what someone else's perspective is. So true. So I, I love this topic. I, I really do. I do too. And I don't know. I, if there's things that keep me up at night, it's kids not getting what they need to be successful in life. And more importantly, us as humans, not understanding and being very perceptive about what's going on around us and how we're impacting people. Chris and I were talking outside on the patio the other night and she said, you know, if you really want to make someone feel valued, be present and show up for things. And I think I've learned most of my really awesome communication skills from her. It's because she'll call me out on my bullshit when I'm on my phone or distracted. And she's like, I swear, we can't even have a conversation. She used to say this to me. We can't even have a conversation because you're reacting to that phone all the time. Like you're always on that phone. And so when we start to realize those things, then we can make changes because it's a choice, right? And if I say, oh, whatever, and I just continue to do that, again, that's me telling her that she's not of value. So when you're with your family, your friends, you know, listen to them, watch their behaviors. If you're constantly pulling for your phone, watch their eyes, watch their face, see what their reaction is. Because people don't like that. They don't like it. A lot of times they won't say it, but you are literally telling them that your phone is more important. And if, you know, everything we do is a learned behavior, then what are we teaching our younger generation? That we're too distracted and too busy to be present for them? So I, I just think there has to be a balance. There has to be an awareness factor there in order to understand, one, am I present when my kid is talking to me? Is my kid present when I'm talking to them? Are they distracted? You know, that goes both ways. And two, am I countering, am I counterbalancing that influence that that kid is receiving from whether it's social media, TV, other people, am I providing the opportunity for myself to, to figure out what's going on in their head? Like, what have they been watching all day? What have they been doing all the day, all day? Who have they been talking to all day? Like, am I allowing enough time to figure out, hey, you know, what you've been doing all day? Um, hey, would you, all, you know, what'd you look at all day? What, what, what was your fancy today on social media? Did you learn anything? And, you know, try to spark those conversations to where they get talking about what they're seeing, what they're doing. 
And even though they might tell you about a, a person that they're watching or they're listening to on TikTok, you might not like that story, but listen to that story because listening to that story will give you really good insight into what they're believing about that person they're watching. And then you can go back after that. Not right there. Don't attack them. Oh, what are you watching that for? Let that sink in. Go back and figure out a way to counterbalance that conversation. Like question them, ask them questions that's going to make them think about where their values fit in with that person. And I think those kind of things are so important. That's what I coach at least. I agree with you 100%. You know, show up. Nothing bothers me more than when maybe one of my kiddos or my husband or I will go to dinner. And I'm not saying that I haven't been guilty myself. Okay, so I'll take the ownership. However, I would like love it if we just leave phones in the car. Mm. Yes. You know, so I, I, you know, like if I'm going to go with my son or whatever, I will say, you know, um, I'd appreciate if you, you know, would give me this, this time. Good for and, you. And um, let's not have phones. You know, my rule with my Casa kiddo is in the car while we're driving, you can have your phone. The minute the doors open and we, we step out, the phone stays in the car. Good for you. So, you know, we create some balance. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So anyway, our next topic we're going to talk about is our attachment styles and, you know, how they influence our, our, our relationships. And, uh, you know, we're just going to touch on it real briefly because I think it's something that, you know, there is so much to impact, uh, unpack on that, that, you know, if we choose to, or have enough people, you know, uh, wanting more information on it, you know, we can dissect each three, you know, each one in a different podcast. Well, and friends, I'm going to throw my lifeline to Stacy because, you know, she's been reading some, a really good book about it. And I can't wait to learn more from Stacy on this next podcast. So tune in, don't, don't miss out. And especially, you know, share this one with parents that, you know, I think, our biggest opportunity in this world is to get the focus back from the kids to us as humans rather than that cell phone. So we can really start helping them build skills that are going to help them throughout their life. So, so I'm excited for the next topic. I'm going to learn a lot. Yes. You know, it, it, one thing I always say is the greatest gift we could ever be given is awareness. Oh, so spread the awareness. Yeah. Spread the awareness. And that's what that's what Steph and I are trying to do is just spread awareness and, and, and sprinkle little nuggets of thought in with different topics, you know, that we hear either other people struggling with or we've struggled with or et cetera. So as always, friends, smile and be kind. And don't forget to do better, be better and treat people better. Have a great week. Bye.